The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome on to the Final Furlong Podcast, where Chester joins Sky Sports Racing, and every single race is live on SSR across the week. It's a huge week of racing as well, and uh, has been known to throw up Derby winners aplenty and Oaks winners as well. I'm Emma Kennedy alongside uh, At The Races writer, Rory DeLarge. Indeed, as big a surprise to me as it is to you. <laughs> Shouldn't have sound surprised, uh, but delighted to see you doing content for At The Races and long may that continue. Um, so, 225, Sky Sports Racing, the Arkle Finance Cheshire Oaks, also known as the Robert Sangster Memorial Cup. It was his favourite race course, and boy did he have some brilliant race horses. Uh, Manuel de Vega and Secret Thoughts are the two who head the betting. Um, Secret Thoughts is interesting, if only for the fact that Aidan O'Brien seems to be winning everything. Manuel de Vega making her season reappearance for Rafe Beckett and Harry Bentley. Uh, these are colours you were drawn to for the 1,000 guineas. That didn't quite work out, but are you interested in this horse over middle distances, Rory? She's interesting enough, um, Manuel Manuela de Vega, and she's, um, she's by Lupa de Vega, out of a De Lamy mare, so she'll certainly stay at least a mile and a quarter. Um, and she won uh, on a turning track, a bigger turning track in Pontefract um, last season, a listed race to to maintain her unbeaten record. I'm not mad about backing her at, um, at uh, favouritism for this race or close to it. I was happy to pass her over at the prices. It's an interesting race, though. I've ended up going with... Um, with secret thoughts, not simply on the basis that that Aidan's winning everything at the moment, although he does, um, he certainly seems to be. Um, but she's a very interesting filly anyway, um, particularly for middle distances. She's not raced beyond seven furlongs. Um, her win actually came at six on good to firm ground. Um, but she's she's out of a mare called Chiquita, who won the um, Irish Oaks mm-hmm. um, many moons ago, uh, and and made the move from. Uh, Alan DeRoyer Dupre to Aidan O'Brien back in the day. She was very, very classy at Chiquita. She was also as mad as a box of frogs. Um, she 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 ran across the track when she won the the um, uh, the Irish Oaks. Um, and she before that she'd been second to Trev in the Prix de Diane, uh, despite the fact that she did not want to run on a yard in the straight. She pretty much refused to get involved. It still came from last to get second um, while not going through with her effort, which shows her class. On her previous start, uh, and you can find footage of this, thanks for David Johnson of Time Form for posting it up earlier today, of her prep run for the Prix de the Ant when she ran into a hedge and went flying. Um, she was in the process of winning by a wide margin in her prep race when she swerved into the hedge that, that, um, that surrounds the, the track at San Clou and did a somersault. Uh, she was lucky to get up from that, but it Very. shows how how bonkers she was. But what's hilarious about all of this is, like, thankfully, she's she's sound and she is a very talented broodmare. She was then bought after all of this for six million euro by Coombe. Mm. So those yeah. those insane character traits were there, and they're like, yeah, we're having her. <laughs> well, sometimes you need a little bit of character, and she certainly had had plenty of character. It's a really good family as well. Um, actually, descends from from one of um, Luca Kamani's good um, female lines, um, and a um, lot lot of talent for middle distances. They're all sort of mile and a quarter, mile and a half, even further. Uh, she's by Warfront, of course, which which gives her a bit of speed. Um, but she should definitely stay this trip. She'll improve for for a step up beyond a mile. Um, she caught the eye 
on her return in the the Thousand Guineas trial won by Lady Kaya uh, at Leopardstown. She only finished fifth that day, but she was stuck widest of all. Uh, and she made a move in the straight that threatened to get her very close um, before that petered out late in the day. I don't think she would want really soft ground. Uh, it was soft at Leopardstown. Um, and she showed, again, she's shown hints of temperament herself. She, she flashes her tail and she just carried her head slightly to one side there. So it's, you know, that, that's something to be a little bit wary of. But I think there's a lot of improvement to come from her. Uh, and the question is whether, uh, whether her temperament will stand up. I like the idea of running her at Chester because... I was brought up to believe that Chester was a really good track for for a horse who was quirky, um, because it kept them it just kept them amused going rounds, always on the turn, and so were horses. Uh, again, the perfect example being Chiquita. She was absolutely fine in the early part of races, which was racing around the bends. She was okay. Give her a long straight and halfway up it, she would just have a brainstorm and do something daft. The great thing with Chester is that you're pretty much always on the turn, uh, and that kind of helps to stave that off. Um, so I thought Secret Thoughts would go really well. I wasn't sure the man Miller de Vega was necessarily the biggest danger here. Um, there, there's a, a pair of John Gossons who've actually met each other in the past, uh, Medaghi and Fanny Logan. Um, Fanny Logan made her debut at Yarmouth and looked like she was going to win for a long way before Medaghi swooped on her um, with a very, very impressive turn of foot at Yarmouth in October. Uh, Fanny Logan then won um, on her reappearance in, in good style. She was a very short price favourite. Um, not quite as short as Medaille was for her reappearance at um, at Chester, uh, not Chester, at Chelmsford rather, um, where she won by a, a massive march, she won by 14 lengths. It was only a two-runner race, and most people will probably knock that saying, well, clearly it's meaningless form. But given that we're very keen to look at racecourse gallops and try to glean information from them without knowing what the weights carried are and who the work companions are. Um, the fact that we knew what weight she was carrying there in a handicap and we know the, the value of the other horse and we know the times and the sectionals for that race show her to be very smart um, or potentially very smart and she's probably underrated Medaille. Um Despite the fact that she's had four runs and her stable companion Fanny Logan's just had two and despite the fact that Rab Havlin rides whereas Frankie Dettori rides Fanny Logan I thought Medaille might just be the better of the two. Um, and she'd be my idea of the danger. Okay, so Madai, the danger to Secret Thoughts. Edna Brown has won this race for the last uh, five times in the last 10 years. And if you think that record is good, it gets even better when you go to the MBNA Chester Vaz Stakes, where he's won seven of the last 10 renewals. The big news is that Japan doesn't run. He will go for the Derenstown Stud Derby trial instead. Heartbreakingly, it's happened again where Kevin Blake has tipped up a horse for the Guineas at a big price and then tipped up a Niarcos horse for the Derby and we've all gone and done the double and again we've been stuffed and they're related. Mount Everest is out of the Derby. Oh my God. Anyway, it's fine. We're, we're okay. We'll get on with it. Um, and uh, perhaps Japan is better suited to running in the Derenstown Derby trial and Norway much better suited to running here because this is where ruler of the world uh, laid down his marker to go and win the derby his full brother uh, his half brother was the superstar older horse Duke of Marmalade he wears cheek pieces for the first time just like ruler rule the world did and Ryan Moore takes the ride uh, King Otaker for Charlie Fellows is second favorite than technician and there's a couple of Aidan O'Brien horses in Sir Dragnet and the two million uh, Euro purchase Gentle Bellini, who won his maiden very cleverly under Shami Heffernan last time out at Cork. Um, for me, it's all about Norway, 
not just the fact that Aidan O'Brien's got such a record. I really, really like this horse. We talked about him quite a bit last season on the podcast. Um, is he the most likely winner for you, Rory, or are you looking elsewhere? Um, I'm looking elsewhere, although I, I, I thought Norway might be a shorter price than he is for this. You're, you're getting um, you're getting three to one at Bytham, and you can argue that's a, a, the decent price. I know you're a big fan of uh, as a race to throw up future classic winners. Yep. Um, how good it was last year, I don't I don't really know. But Norway won it and won it in decent style from out of another. Um, and that he's essentially favour on the um, on the basis of that. Uh, as you, you've made the um, the comparison well with Ruler of the World, um, like Ruler of the World, he wears cheek pieces for the first time here. Um, people looked at that as a, a negative with um, with his full brother, um, who went on to win the Derby in those cheek pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably it's no bad thing that he's wearing the headgear. I would say, I just worry how strong his form is. Um, I know that's I might sound like it's sacrilege here, but um, I'm not sure the Zetlin was the the strongest contest last season. He then went to San Clou for the um, uh, the Criterion to San Clou, um, in which he only finished fourth. I wasn't beaten that far there, but he was favourite. The form hasn't worked out. So we're just a little bit concerned. And unlike Ruler of the World, he's had plenty of experience coming into this. Ruler of the World was um, was pretty much just starting out when he arrived in this. Um, Norway's had the, the five runs. Uh, and while he is on paper just about the best of these, um, I thought he was opposable. I, 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 still, I still think he's a danger. I don't want to rule him out. Um, but I kind of assumed he'd be a little bit shorter than that when I when I um, went into this. I like technician um, of Martin Meads. He ran in the uh, the classic trial at Sandown last time out, um, which I still got to call the Guardian Classic Trial, now the Bet365 Classic Trial. And he finished second to Bangkok, and people raved about Bangkok after that race. But you watch you watch that contest. I thought Technician was a very unlucky loser. We don't know what Bangkok would have found if he'd been challenged, of course, um, and he won it very willingly. But Technician was stuck in a pocket for a furlong at a really crucial stage of that race and couldn't get out. And then I thought when he does get out, he won't be able to quicken because, you know, long striding horse who's launched a challenge and then gets stuck in a pocket. When they do get out, they sometimes struggle to organize themselves again. They just keep on at one pace. But I thought he picked up really well. Um, to finish second and I thought that if he got a clear run he would, would very nearly have won that race um, and he was 66 to 1 for the Derby straight after which I thought was I thought that was a big price um, I'm not sure I'd be piling into him at 2025 to 1 because there's so many candidates for that race now but I thought he deserved more credit than he got at the time um, and I think granted a clear run um, he will go very well in saying that there's plenty of horses here who, who, who've got some better to come um, including um, the other O'Brien runners, um, Sir Dragonet um, was very weak in the market when he went Tipperary. I thought it was quite impressive in the end. My worry with him is this comes 13 days later, um, which is very quick. There's not no other horses run from that Tipperary race since. So A, we haven't had the form tested, and B, for him to be the first one coming out of it and going into a group race um, asks a big question. He could end up being the best of these and still get turned over here. Um, King Otakar, who you mentioned, Charlie Fellows' horse, um, uh, he's um, he was impressive when he won at Newbury last time out. Um, he didn't have the know-how uh, when he went into the um, uh, the version of Futurity last season. He was only um, ninth in that, but that was a bit of a culture shock to him at the time. He's won his other two starts, and clearly uh, his horse is going to do better at three, given his pedigree being by, uh, by motivator. Um, out of an Anabam mare, so he's going to improve for, for this kind of trip as well. I'd respect his chances. 
Um, and you can, you know, you can, you can say that most of these are going to show better form at some stage. I just thought, um, based on what happened last time, the technician was a little bit undervalued. He doesn't have the most striking pedigree for this race, but he's by a master craftsman out of a Sadler's Wells mare, um, which you know, reads pretty well on paper. He only costs 40 grand as a yearling. Um, so he's a bargain basement buy um, compared to most of these classic types. But he looked like he deserved his place in group company last time out. And um, with that experience behind him, I think he's going to go very close. Okay, very interesting ownership as well. Team Valor, the American yes. owners. So uh, an interesting one to say the least. Frankie Dettori and Martin Mead again. Uh, technician for you, Gentle Bellini. You can imagine from stall two, he's going to try and make all uh, and set things up for Norway, but possibly he'd be hard to, to peg back. It's going to be a fascinating race. 335 Sky Sports Racing. You're also interested in the Sprint Handicap. This is where you kind of come into your own. Who yeah, the race in Wales. It's a really interesting contest. Uh, the Boodles Diamond Hand Air Class 2 5 4 long sprint um, for the three year olds. I'm not mad on betting on three year olds only handicaps um, at this stage of the season because um, the three year olds tend to be. Uh, at a stage of their development where some of them are stalling while some of them are, are stepping forward massively. So relying purely on the form book is, is slightly dangerous. And ideally you want to be drawn one or two. And I started looking at this race um, by trying to make a case for top breeze who's drawn in stall one. And you can make a, a fairly strong case for top breeze. Sonic Gill Force 10, Richard Hughes is doing very well at the moment. Um, he doesn't send too many at Chester. He's got a good enough record here. And he's won his, his last, uh, what, two, uh, three of his four starts. Um, including uh, wins this season at Wolverhampton round the bend and then at Newmarket last time over six furlongs where he showed plenty of speed um, he's drawn in stall one that's the ideal place to be um, and then in stall two another horse um, who looks um, capable of a lot better this season from the Tom Daskam yard who tends to target this meeting that's Angel Alexander um, he's been beaten all three of his starts but he looked um, uh, he looked good in defeat twice there over six furlongs his his least impressive run came he's a beaten favourite on a second start over five and you could argue that maybe he wants an extra um, an extra furlong on that basis but he's shown plenty of speed and um, he's got the right kind of run style here he won't try to lead but he sits just behind the pace and he's drawn in stall two so he'll probably let the, the Hughes horse in stall one go on and, and um, track him I ummed and ahed about, about going with either of them and I, I ended up um uh, deciding that the horse I thought had the most explosive pace in this race uh, was David O'Mara's Leota's Dream, uh, son of Dandy Man out of a Mossville mare, um, speed through and through, and he's um, he's improved gradually by the run. Um, he looks a five furlong horse to the core, and I think that's the, the crucial thing here. The two horses I fancy have got form over six furlongs, and although they've got speed, um, over five furlongs at Chester, you're looking for something with genuinely explosive speed in the first half of the race. Um, the fact that you're going around bends helps you to maintain that pace. And I thought um, uh, Leo Dream was still well treated, um, despite the fact he's won his last his last two uh, starts, both in handicaps, uh, this season at Thirsk and at Sandown. He went really hard um, from the start at Sandown and wasn't given an easy time in front. Um, but still hung on very gamely to win over that stiff five. And I thought, uh, while I'd rather he was installed one or two to maximise his speed, he's got horses with speed on his inside, he doesn't want to be sitting behind them. My thinking here was that if I had to gamble on who was going to get to the bend in front, I think it's going to be him, even though he's installed six, which is theoretically wider than ideal. But the whole thing about analysing draw advantage is you've got to tie it in with speed. And I think this is a horse with the most speed in the race. 
Um, and I think if he's if he's able to use that speed to get to the bend, then he will be able to sustain it well enough to win. It won't be easy because he's going to have to go faster than ideal in the first half of the race. But Chester's an ideal track to do that up, do that at. Um, and if he's able to do it at Sandown, um, going too fast from the start up a, up a, a hill at the end, um, then he's well placed to do it at Chester, which suits his style better. I like this a lot. Um, this is David Amara's Leoda's Dream, who I can see in at the races, is 11-2 to 2 for the Sprint Handicap at Chester. By the way, there is a special page set up at attheraces.com, chester.attheraces.com, where... There's exclusive interviews, there's previews, all the race cards that you need, and all of the latest news as well for the Boodles May Festival uh, at Chester. Chester.attheraces.com, going big time um, for what should be a fantastic, fantastic meeting, all live on Sky Sports Racing with our boy Kevin Blake on screen. Uh, 2.25 Chester on the Thursday, we have the Home Serve D stakes, listed stakes. I am kicking myself because I almost backed Circus Maximus in the anti-post betting, and then went, no, I won't. They're probably going to run Anthony Van Dyke. Ryan Moore rides Circus Maximus for the Coolmore slash Nearcos family. Fox Chairman is a very exciting horse uh, for Andrew King and Sylvester D'Souza in his new retainer. Uh, Aidan O'Brien again with Mohawk, 11-2, living legend. Who are you interested in in this derby trial, the D-stakes? Could it be the Nearcos family, my man? Yeah, you will be delighted to hear that um, that I'm siding with Circus Maximus, Excellent. Um, who just strikes me as being um, a mile and a quarter horse through and through. I'm not sure I'd back him for the Derby, um, but um, he's been running at up to a mile thus far. Um, he's been successful in heavy ground, but he's shown um, better form on uh, on a sound surface. Um, so it shouldn't matter that much what the weather does. Um, but he's he's bred to do a lot better at three than two, and he showed enough at two to be winning this anyway. Uh, I thought he was uh, a little bit um, underrated, um, to be honest, last season. Um, his his best effort probably um, on the figures came when when third in the um, in the autumn six. That doesn't look bad for him now. That's it's going to look better good. for him as the season goes on. Of course, pretty good. It'll look, it'll look good at the weekend and Sky Sports Racing as well. I imagine when Persian King wins the French 2000 Guineas, and that's what we're hoping is going to happen. Um, yeah, the only shame from that is the Persian King didn't turn up at Newmarket um, at the weekend because that would have uh, made for uh, a tremendous 2000 Guineas. But Persian King beat Magna Grecia next. Circus Maximus uh, was beaten three lengths in third, but he improved past Western Australia. Um, and uh, you know he, he looked like a horse who would progress again from that. And and you know while he didn't straight away, um, I thought he ran with an awful lot of credit in the Burton Futurity on his final start. Finished fourth there, uh, not not beaten far in a slightly messy race, but again behind Magna Grecia, um, behind Western Australia that time. But I thought um, um, the way things panned out, he looked a better horse. And it's only been a short head by that. He had great Scott behind him in fifth, uh, kick on in sixth. That form has worked out. Already with you know not not just with uh, with Magna Grecia, um, but the way Great Scott and Kick on in front of the season suggested his very strong form and Circus Maximus, um, you know looked like he would have benefited from a stronger uh, stronger run race and indeed a slightly longer trip as well, which is what you get. You know whether you get a strongly run race, I'm not entirely sure, but he's stepping up in trip. His dam was was a very decent mare herself, Duntel, wow, um, in true. these colours. Uh, but she was she was nothing special at two. She improved enormously from two to three, and, and indeed she was probably better at four again. Um, so he will progress. Um, 
and he sets a really decent standard anyway, so he's very, very hard to get away from. Aidan O'Brien winning five of the last seven renewals of this, and Ryan Moore partnering three of those horses as well. Circus Maximus, who, as Rory was saying, is beautifully bred, and I can see in at the races, is around about a five to four shot. I suspect that will be considerably shorter by the day. So Circus Maximus for the D-Stakes. You did make an interesting point, though. You're not necessarily inclined to back him for the Derby. You'd be more interested in him possibly long-term over this distance of 10 furlongs? Yeah, if you, if you if you had to guess what his ideal trip would be on pedigree, I would say 10 furlongs, yeah. Okay. Um, but that doesn't mean he can't stretch out. I mean, fundamentally, the, the Derby has frequently gone to horses whose, whose best trip would be a mile and a quarter, who just happen to be the best mile and a quarter horse in a, uh, in a race that's run over slightly further and the class gets them through. Um, so if he, you know, if he improves another chunk to win this and wins it easily, then you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be hugely concerned about the Derby. But I would, um, as I said, I'd, I'd expect a mile and a quarter to be his ideal trip. The Boodles Diamond Ormond Stakes Group 3 company at 3.35 on Thursday live on Sky Sports Racing is a prize that has many an occasion gone to Aidan O'Brien and I suspect will be going to him again this time. We've seen St. Nicholas Abbey, Memphis, Tennessee, Idaho, I believe Scorpion won this as well. Um, and Q Gardens really should win. And I can see on attheraces.com he's even money. He's bound to be odds on in the day at least, surely, Rory. Yeah, I, this was um, one of the least interesting races I thought to, to uh, analyze because it looked um, it looked pretty straightforward. Um, Q Gardens was um, uh, was a little bit slow to develop last year, but he developed into into um, one of the very best middle distance three year olds in Europe last year. Um, obviously, we didn't get a, a real chance to show that in the arc. Um, he wasn't particularly well well drawn there, and he, he only finished seventh, but beaten less than four lengths in the end. Uh, and that came having gone to the St. Ledger, and you don't prepare for the arc by running the St. Ledger first. Um, uh, you just tend to go there if you've won the St. Ledger, because you might as well. Um, so it wouldn't exactly have been um, plan A uh, for connections last year. But um, he was... At the time, I wasn't enormously uh, taken by his Queen's Vaz win. But again, you know, he, he did that in decent style. He was more impressive when he won uh, the Grand Prix de Paris on his next start. Um, was then not fit and giving away weight when a decent third in the voltage at York. And he showed exactly what he could do in a very, very good St. Ledger. I think we've maybe um, not given that um, that race the credit it deserves. Um, he beat an on-form Latidar by... Uh, two lengths um, with Southern France um, four and a half lengths back in third and DXB another two and a quarter lengths back in fourth that form is uh, I think I think Southern France will prove to be a very good horse this season but DXB has already shown um, that the three old stairs last year were a strong bunch he was a frustrating horse at times last season uh, he ran well enough in the St. Ledger and he's come out and won well at, uh, at Ascot on his return um, Lassie Dar was, was tremendous um, last season and there's no question that she ran um, right up to her best um, when second to Kew Gardens, but he was different class to his rivals in the ledger. Um, and he sets a really solid standard here. You know, most of the... We're going to we're gonna see in a, in a few years' time that the older stayers become a stronger and deeper bunch. Um, but at the moment, um, those who've been set up to keep the horses in training as stayers, um, which is fundamentally Coolmore, um, are going to be at a big, a big advantage. And he looks just a class above um, his rivals here. He probably doesn't, um, looking at ratings here, doesn't have a huge amount in hand um, at the weights from Mirando, 
um, given that he's conceding that one way to Morando, um, dead heated in the St. Simon Stakes at Newbury in his final start last year um, with Young Rascal. And that, that form ties in, obviously, uh, very well with Q, what Q Gardens was showing last season. I thought Miranda was probably a little bit flattered by that. I think Young Rascal wasn't quite at his best. And Young Rascal's been a little bit disappointing um, last time out, um, which so it was a slight question over how well he's developed. Um, but yeah, Miranda's been running for years. Um, and the form he showed in St. Simon looks, you know, five or six times better than than most of what he's done before. And I think when I'm analysing a race like this, I will take an outstanding performance um, from an older horse uh, with a pinch of salt. You know, if a horse has got a bunch of runs that suggest he's X good and one run that suggests he's five pounds better than that, um, I'm a little bit wary of taking the uh, the outstanding run at face value. It may well be that he just wants a longer trip. He's not not really bred for, and he's, he's done most of his racing at up to a mile and a quarter, Miranda. Uh, he was stepping up to a mile and a half at Newbury. Um, so it may well be that he's just a horse who's, who's had latent stamina that hasn't been drawn out before. But I still, I'd still be surprised if he's good enough um, to beat Q Gardens, assuming Q Gardens is is ready to step up first time. And with the way they've been running, you'd imagine that he will improve for the run, but will be absolutely fit to do himself justice. It's been a, an important race for Aidan O'Brien pretty much since the Kieran Fallon days. That's when Chester really came into focus for, for Aidan O'Brien. And, or he's cleaned up in uh, in the years since. So we'll see how Q Gardens gets on. Uh, even money, I can see on attheraces.com, and I imagine he will be significantly shorter. Anything else on Thursday on Sky Sports Racing that interests you, Rory? Uh, not on Thursday's carnage yet, no. In which um, case, we shall move swiftly along to Friday. By the way, um, we're also going to see Q Gardens go for the Coronation Cup, I would think, and then I don't see any reason why he wouldn't go for the King George on Sky Sports Racing. He's 16 to 1. That's way too big. Like, surely he's going to be campaigned at that. But some of the others at the top of the market, they might have later season targets. That 16's about the King George for Q Gardens is... Ooh, you, you, that's a carrot that's way too big. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because the King George used to be everyone's mid-season target. And now with, with international competition in the autumn... Um, there's a, quite a few domestic trainers who want to ease off on their best horses mm. mid-summer, the way the French do, and then bring them back again. Um, so the King George hasn't hasn't been the race of the season um, that much in recent years, whereas traditionally it was always the deepest contest outside of the arc. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting one. I mean, you, you could argue you could argue why he wouldn't win the um, the King George, but obviously if he if you think he's going to win this well and he lines up in, a, in an ordinary Coronation Cup and he wins that, then, you know, he's going to, he has to be an awful lot shorter. Clearly, if he's if he gets beaten, in a, if he goes to Epsom, and that's a few weeks away anyway, and gets turned over in a Coronation Cup, that rather counts against his chances of going and winning at Ascot. But uh, if you work out who is liable to turn up at Epsom, and the Coronation Cup, again, tends not to be a particularly strong group one, uh, if you think it's going to sort of, you know, uh, be run to suit him and be a fairly weak race in terms of the numbers then that 16 to 1 shrinks all the time and looks interesting yeah I think he's way too big for the King George which of course you will see on Sky Sports Racing so we'll go to the Chester Cup one of the big betting races of the summer um, and definitely of the week uh, Low Sun for Willie Mullins and Ryan Moore 7 to 1 the favourite is Australian School for Mark Johnston uh, we have got Shiba I presume the good doctor will be going absolutely bonkers if 
he were to go and win. Uh, Andrea Zini takes the ride on whiskey sour for Willie Mullins as well. Who have you unearthed it for us in the big one? The Chester, the Sports Peas Chester Cup Handicap, 3.35 Friday. Change. Sports, sports peas and carrots. <laughs> sports peas and carrots. What is that? Pizza? Sports sport pizza. Well, I mean, I've, I've, I've never been inclined to have a bet with sport pizza. Um, they've been on odds checker for, well, certainly a year. I'm sure but, they're I'm always, I'm always slightly wary of, of, uh, of, of uh, the new companies who, yeah. who appear on odds comparison yeah. websites, but I'm, I'm sure, but I'm, I'm sure I'm they sure. are thoroughly I'm, reliable. I'm sure they're a fine firm who, who, who do, yeah, anyway, but that's great. I know, I know if, very little about it. If, if you want, pay his money, we'll give you a big mention and at the races. If you don't want that, then that's fine. We'll move on. Uh, so, yeah, they sponsored the Chester Cup. Um, who have you unearthed for us, sir? Uh, you got betting there. I do. Uh, let us know the first half dozen you have. The first half dozen. Australian school at 6-1. to one. A Cleonte for Andrew Balding and Sylvester D'Souza. Eights. Low Sun, 8-1. to one. Making Miracles, 10-1. to one. Shabib, 10 to 1. Who Dares Wins for Alan King, 11s. Speedo Boy, 14s. Whiskey Sarah, 14s. Magic Circle, 16s. Time to Study, 16s. Corda Leon, 20 to 1. Um, well, in which case, I, I very much hope he lines up. And I can't see why, can't see why he wouldn't. I'm going to check if he's got, uh, if he's got another entry. Uh, only does. Uh, oh, no, of course he does not other entry because most of them have other entries because you've got the um, you know the Chester Plate over the same course and distance for those who don't make the cut. Um, Master Archer, I thought was very interesting. Ooh, okay, I was not expecting that. Keep going. He's number twenty-three. What's the maximum field for this? Uh, is it twenty-one or twenty? Yeah, you could be right. I need to. Unfortunately, I need to. I need to dig that one out. We know at least one of those isn't going because. Um, well, very unlikely to go um, because the top weight is in the Ormond Stakes as well. Um, so I would have thought that um, uh, that a Magic Circle who tops the weights would not be running. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd be see the weights going up anyway. Last year's winner. I'd be surprised if he yeah. doesn't go for the. the well, he's, de- he's been declared for the Ormond. Yeah. So um, it's 99.9% certain that he's going to go there. And it, because um, connections have, um, have plenty of others in the race. We talk about tra- certain trainers dominating um, races. Um, who would have thought that this race would be dominated numerically by Ian Williams? 14, 14 of the entries for this race are trained by Ian Williams. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. Um, including uh, Magic Circle, but yeah, he's got ten stone six in the so sorry, ten stone two. Rob Mark one hundred and sixteen. Um, he would have to be good enough to win the Ormond with his head in his chest to win this of a Mark one hundred and sixteen. So it makes, it's uh, perfectly reasonable they'd run him in that race. Um, the only reason you keep him in here is if you if you had a scenario where you were putting a lot of horses out of the weights. Um, and it benefited another one of your runners, but that's not the case. Rory, is um, it is it possible that the maximum field is seventeen? Seven. Ooh, that's um. Well, that's a that's a. It doesn't matter in terms of. Um, we we'll, we've been here before. If your horse is going to miss the cut, it doesn't matter. If you're getting if you're getting five or six points bigger about a horse because someone thinks it's going to miss the cut, well, you're just getting five or six points uh, 
bigger on your horse uh, and a refund if it doesn't if it doesn't get in there. So yeah. I'm not sure who's going to come out. Obviously, if uh, Ian Williams isn't going to run all his horses, and uh, they're not all guaranteed to run anyway, I reckon I reckon he'll trim that down to to three or four maybe. Um, seventeen, right? Seventeen is the yeah, cutoff. Seventeen. Well, we need to lose another five then for um, uh, for him to get a run. But Master Archer, very frustrating horse on the whole. But he's run here twice and he's bolted up twice. Um, he when he won his first race here uh, last summer, he'd finished runner-up on his previous eight starts on the flat, um, and yet looked thoroughly straightforward, travelled really well, and um, won off a mark of 81. Um, he was then beaten in his next two starts, um, again after looking like he was going to win both times, came back here off a mark of 86 um, over the two miles, and um, won even more convincingly. Um, that's a decent performance. He ran poorly on his final start, but that came um, on soft ground uh, at York. Um, it was a long enough season anyway, and he'd been off. Um, he'd been off about seven weeks between the runs. I think he, he was probably over the top anyway. But fundamentally, he's been consistent, but not one you necessarily trust in a finish. But he's one of those horses um, who looks avoidable for win purposes until he comes to Chester when he looks a different horse. He's stepping up further in the ship, obviously, two and a quarter miles, uh, demands a little bit more stamina. Um, but if he doesn't get into this, he gets in, he gets in the um, uh, in the, the vase um, anyway. So if he misses the cut, I'll back him for that race. But I think he's an interesting one here. If he does sneak in, uh, we don't have declarations until tomorrow. And if he's 20 to 1 and bigger, um, that's very interesting. Okay, that name again, just to confirm, Rory, for... Master Archer, trained by James Fanshawe in uh, the colours that you'd be familiar with, with the Tin Man, yeah. um, Fred Archer Racing. You, sir, are a bloody genius if that horse goes and wins. Um, that being said, though, with the risk being there that we may not get a run, is there something else that will be a second choice for Roy Dlargi? Uh I'm, I'm not at all against the favourite. Um, and 6-1 to one is a very fair price about Austrian school. Um, he, he caught the eye half a dozen times last season uh, this track will suit him he, he scooted away with a really competitive handicap at Musselburgh on his return, um, this is the other way around but I think he's the type of horse to do to do better on a turning track as well um, and he will stay an extreme trip so the step up um, to two and a quarter miles will probably play in Austrian school's favour he's got a lot of weight um, but despite having a lot of weight he still looks well in he's got a three pound penalty for Musselburgh he won easily by six lengths so he's definitely still ahead of the handicapper uh, and there was enough of a break between that and now to give him a chance I don't really like tipping up favourites for this um, but if you're getting six to one about Austrian school I think you'll be on the right side of that um, obviously the draw is going to make a, a big difference um, to the betting on this race and you, you hope to get a, a reasonably low draw um, but he would um he would uh, strike me as being a very, very solid favourite and a horse with plenty of class. Okay, and on out the races, I can see that he varies between six to one uh, and five to one. So the least you're getting is fives, but you can get six to one and make sure that you do. Uh, and again, Master Archer, by the way. Mm-hmm. I've just found the betting on Master Archer. He's fifties. What? He's fifty to one. And unless James Fancher has come out and said he's definitely not running, but he's in, you know, he's, he's in both races. 
Um, that's just a um, that's he, a crazy price. He is, as he, I scroll he, he, down you know, he, to the very he likes the very class bottom. of one or two of these, but that's the that's the the idea of handicaps anyway. And he's won twice in handicaps at Chester over two miles and won both of them. So there's a lot to like about him. And he's you know he's young enough to improve again this season. Um, and I thought I thought you know twenties would be interesting enough about him, but fifties in two places um, seems very big. No one's taken him out of the betting as if he's been as if the trainers said he doesn't think he's going to run. And given that he's only ever won at Chester, you'd have thought he'd be aimed at this race for the last six months. So, Rory Delargy may very well have just unearthed an absolute diamond master archer. As we did at um, at, at uh, York last season. Yes. With the, with our Ebor, with our Ebor the yeah. Uh, <laughs> finding a fifty to one shot who's not going to not going to run and then it's going to run in, a, in an equally strong race and, and, and win that um, instead. <laughs> yeah, and, and bolt up at a shorter price or finish second to a Group One horse. So as yeah. I look here at the races, he is. 20s what is this thing about me and short prices uh, bloody hell so he, yeah I mean, that's you don't want to be looking at um at cashed prices yes so 20s he's then 33s 40s and he's 50s with two one very big firm and another very big firm yeah there's no reason we can't get it uh how long it lasts i don't know and if we don't get a run for our money we should be getting a refund unless as you said unless well you're, there's no, you're no, no shoot about it because if if, if the intention is to run in this race then he'd simply end up in the vase and you'll get your money back um, uh, as we know with these scenarios sometimes you have to point out to bookmakers what their rules yes. state um, but those rules are unequivocal so you can uh, click at chester.attheraces.com go to Boodle's May Festival Race Centre go to Friday click view race card and odds and way down there at the bottom Master Archer 50 to 1 work away uh, that would be absolutely dreamland stuff. Uh, you're interested in Mark Johnston's Australian School, who I could see, Austrian School even, uh, I, I could see going off a much shorter price. Uh, the Huxley Stakes, Matterhorn, who was devastating at Lingfield. Uh, once again for that man, Mark Johnston, who to be fair is in ter- terrific form, uh, bids to come off the all-weather and prove that he can do it on the turf. Um, Joe Fanning has already declared. Adayeb, Forest Ranger, uh, a horse that we had a lot of time for on the podcast last season as well. Uh, it's all about really the big star on Sky Sports Racing and Lingfield's all-weather championships day. Seven-length defeat of Wicca Hisson. Can he transfer it to the turf, Rory? Well, that is the question because all, all his... Um all his smart form recently has been um, on polytrack. Um, he had that very impressive handicap win at the, at the start of March um, at Kempton, and then um, he stepped up again on that. Um, having looked an absolute certainty in between, he looked a good thing in the Magnolia Stakes and managed to finish seventh in that, um, having been punted off the boards. And then he's um, he's left that behind to win the uh, uh, the big one, uh, the Easter Classic, by seven lengths. Um, he did get the run of things it has to be said um, and Lingfield uh, can be important around there but his style of running will suit Chester as well it's just a case of whether he's um, the same uh, the same horse on, on turf as he is um, on polytrack and there's enough of a question mark about that um, to to give you pause although his the main danger if you like on paper um, is a horse who beat him um, last time at Mutasadir uh, was the winner of that Magnolia Stakes. And he's a horse who's only been beaten once in his life, and that came on his only turf start. 
um, when he finished tailed off last at Newmarket. So Muta Sadir um, is another who needs to prove that, that he can handle turf. He's, he's um, looked equally effective on um, poly track and on um, uh, uh, and Tapita. I say he's lost once. Sorry, he's lost. He's he's lost twice. But that's um, that new market defeat where he's been for um is is the one that makes you worry about whether he's really effective uh, on the surface he, he'd run well enough on his turf debut at doncaster um uh, which is one of those tracks to doncaster and ask that tend to favor um all weather horses if you like um but yeah the, the fact that he was being so far at new market does uh, give question marks about how effective he's going to be on a track like this um and that opens things up doesn't it it looks interesting you've got a, a, a dave who was so good early last season um, he's probably got more to offer, and Forest Ranger, who um, uh, who won the race last year, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, having having uh, won at Newmarket on a seasonal reappearance, and he ran just as well at Newmarket this time around, um, trying to follow up in the Earl of Sefton. Um, so that would suggest that he's as good as he was last season. He disappointed a bit later in the year, um, and I yeah, I'm probably going to look back and think backing him in the Eclipse wasn't the best bet I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Um, but this is this track suits him. Um, this is more his grade. Uh, yeah, I think he's the type of horse who always who will always look good in slightly lesser company and then um, blow out in, in in group ones. But he ran well enough in Newmarket. I think he's a player here. And uh, you know, there are we don't know exactly who's going to turn out in this, but there are there are plenty who are of similar standard who are among the entries. The likes of Regal Reality. Uh, that, that's how I like the race. Funnily, funnily enough, uh, Ryan for his old boss. Yeah, uh, that's always interesting. He's booked up. Jim Crowley's booked up for for, for Sir Michael's other runner, Mustachery, um, who again he was he was third in the Earl of Sefton, um, and he's liable to to come on for that. Um, Mirando is in elsewhere. Um, probably doesn't run here, but he's he is jocked up. I think he's jocked up because you might as well stick Sylvester on him anyway, given he's he's. Um, uh, he's the retained jockey, but Miranda will, will run the previous day. It looks, um, but yeah, most of these are are, um, are jocked up. Uh, Mudasadia isn't, um, and it looks like it could be a really really strong race for the grade if they all do take the place. Absolutely. Um, your final selection, so for the Huxley Stakes, uh, I, I would happily sit on the fence for the Huxley. To be perfectly honest with you, um, but I might, I might give Forest Ranger. Uh, one more chance at this level. Okay. To be fair, he does crush it at this level, and obviously the defending champion as well. Uh, Regal reality for me, and uh, the the old boss. Um, finally, the the last race to talk about, unless there's something else that you have on your mind, is just a case to sit back and watch. It's another star from the All Weather Championships final on Sky Sports Racing, and that's Catchy. I suspect he will be very very short in the White Oak UK Condition Stakes. Friday and Sky Sports Racing, um, but he has to transfer it to the turf and prove his consistency. But if he's half as good as he was the last day, then it's a case of how far. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no question of him transforming, translating his form to the turf. Maybe not the the very, you know, the very best of his figures, but he's a course and distance winner in the past. He's a horse who's shown a high level of, of ability on the turf. Um, he disappointed a little bit. Um, Towards the, the back end of last season on turf, um, he was um, he was on place in the King Stands and then in the King George at Goodwood. Um, but 
uh, he's a horse again early speed is his 40 when you get a horse who's got blistering early tool like he has you don't want to make yourself a target on a straight track so he was trying to his best effort on the turf last season was probably running at the temple stakes where he raced on his own didn't give them anything to aim at and he was just um uh, just caught by Batash, wasn't he, in that uh, contest? And then he struggled a bit later on. And ask it if you know if you've got four furlong speed, ask it's not the place to try to hold out for one furlong. Whereas Chester is, he should have these absolutely blitzed um, off the home band, and he he should be able to to um, uh, to coast home. I know mean, there are good horses in this race, but he is exceptional um, around a turn. He's the best the best in this country around a turn, um, and none of these should really get. Um, that close, and we, we've got some decent handicappers in here, and we'll have, we'll probably have a few are completely outmatched. Got the likes of Be Good, um, who is of course a distance winner in his time, but the ten-year-old um, was uh, beaten a long way off a mark of 54 last time out, so he looks an unlikely winner. Um, but because it's going to cut up a little bit, you may well see him staying in the field for Alan Berry. Um, but Cashy doesn't really matter where he's drawn either. He's got such tremendous early two um, that this should just be a, a kind of a lap of honour on home turf for him it's going to be some race it should be some performance as well you'll see it live on Sky Sports Racing you can get all the information that you need for the week at Chester uh, on at the races.com uh, go to chester.attheraces.com for all the info including stats guides it's not from Norville I'm pretty sure but maybe it is uh, from the Boodles May Festival at Chester every race live on Sky Sports Racing um I'm going to say that one bookmaker has reacted already and cut to 16 to 1, but you can get 33s, and my anti-post bet leading into this would be to back Norway to win the derby. That key Zetland stakes form, Rory. Q Gardens <laughs> goes and wins a classic. Norway will too. So leading into the race, I will take the 33s about Norway for the derby. Uh, who is your best bet of the week? Uh... Well, I'd have to say, and, and and people get annoyed with this sometimes um, because he might be a, a non-runner, but Master Archer at the, at the price is quoted. Um, if if as long as everything's right with him, that looks an absolutely huge price. And if he doesn't uh, end up in the, the Chester Cup, then I'll I'll back him. Well, it should be a reasonable price in the uh, in the Vars instead. Lovely stuff. We will take that fifty to one. 40 to 1, shall we? Thank you very, very much. That'll do very, very nicely. Uh, Rory, great having you back on the show and looking forward to chatting to you again very, very soon. My pleasure. Thank you. And uh, keep up the great work with the articles for At The Races as well. Kevin's article is available now and there is full coverage of the announcement of Pat Smullen's retirement. The fight goes on for Pat and he is in recovery, which is fantastic to hear and hopefully we'll talk to him on the podcast again soon. Um, but it's the right thing, even though it's it's heartbreaking. Uh, that he has to walk away from the sport because he was very, very keen in my interview with him last year to to write again. But it's all about his health. Your health is your wealth. And uh, continue the good fight, Pat and Francis. And um, we'll we'll see plenty of them on the TV, and rightly so. Pat Smullen retires one of the best to ever ride a horse, to say the least. Uh, We're back with you to preview the weekend's action. Enjoy Chester every race live on Sky Sports Racing. Until then, thanks very much for listening. Talk to you soon. God bless. Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details.